You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Attacking Scrum podcast. Once again, we'll be trawling through another eventful week in Wales. Uh, have a look ahead to the derbies that are coming up over the festive periods. Try and figure out where some of Wales's biggest stars might move next season. We'll also chat through what's been annoying us this week with our new regular feature, Sinbin. Um, our last podcast before Christmas, this one. And a shout out to our sponsor. If you're looking for a, a last minute Christmas gift, you could do... A lot worse than checking out our sponsor, So Coffee Trades. So uh, if you head over to socoffeetrades.co.uk, there's some awesome products on there, um, including a, a, a So Coffee Christmas gift box as well. So you get all kinds of stuff in there, cafetiere, coffee cups, plus uh, a few um, of the awesome blends of coffee. So make sure you check that out for any friends or family who are real coffee lovers. Uh, one man who's always putting a dent in my coffee supply, Dan Killick, alongside me again. How you doing, Dan? Very well, Jed. Very well. Popped down to um, watch uh, watch a game down in Kent mm. yesterday. Tunbridge Wells versus Barnes. Yeah, you, you say pop down. That's a bit of a uh, that's a fair old drive. That ran the ran the M25 and then out into Deep Kent. Yeah, hour and five for mine. Yeah. So uh, and then yeah, it took about an hour and a half to get back. But yeah, good game. Um, Twenty-one twenty-two to Barnes. Um, our good pal Gareth's so number ten there. Had a yeah. solid game. Um, but yeah, enjoyable. Big kick, kick big points did he? Well, to be honest, they missed. They took. Uh, it was probably quite similar to the to the Dragons at the end there. They mm. Tunbridge decided to uh, instead of taking the points, kick for the corner. Um, not on one occasion, though on three occasions, and uh, Barnes uh, Barnes managed to turn it over. So, yeah, good uh, good game though. Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought up the uh, heartbreaking Dragons defeat less than two minutes into the podcast. That's always a yeah, that's always a nice that. way to start. But uh, we will be having a look at that. The timing of our podcast this week is a little bit a um, little bit frustrating because as we record this, it's before the Ospreys in Cardiff Blues game, so um, we kind of obviously we won't get the opportunity to to talk about those games. But we will still have plenty of chat um, if you're a, if you're an Ospreys or Blues fan. We'll have plenty of chat on both of those sides. Right, so if you listened last week, you know we do the podcast in a slightly different way now, so we split it up into three parts. The first part is fact or fiction, where we debate a series of statements to try and get to the bottom of this week's big issues from Welsh rugby. Secondly, it's Sinbin, which is uh, essentially it's room 101 for rugby, isn't it? Something mm. you'd like, that's been getting on your nerves yeah. this week, you'd like to chuck in there. Um, never any shortage of things like that for, from me, so... Uh, I've got a good, a good few ideas for that. You need to and, get a few more suggestions as well, don't you, on the social media? For, yeah, exactly, for yeah. So we've got a couple that um, that people have sent in. And if you want to do the same, you can either do it on Twitter, at Attacking Scrum. You'll find us on Facebook. Uh, we've also started a Facebook group um, on, uh, well, on Facebook, obviously, uh, which we'd love you to get involved with. So as you go onto Facebook, if you search, um, let me get out the exact title, but if you search for... Um, 
for Welsh rugby fans, then uh, there's a, a group that we've set up there. It's called Welsh Rugby Fans, group for all Welsh rugby supporters. And if you jump on that um, and, uh, and join it, then you can chat with us throughout the, throughout the whole of the week as well. We're all on there. There's a load of people on there already. So it's a good place if you want to, um, if you want to carry on talking Welsh rugby. Um, and then the final part of the show is what we call Any Other Business, which is a roundup of all the other odds and sods from, uh, from around Welsh rugby. But first up, fact or fiction, Dan? Um, do you want to do a coin toss for this? Or I can't even remember who went first last week. Yep, let's go heads. All right, you got a coin? Nope. All right then. Fine, that, that scuppers that one. Uh, given your idiocy there, I'm going to uh, I'm going to throw you one. I thought you I'm going to throw one at you first up. Come on, in, in. the absence of a coin. Uh, right, let us go with this one first of all. Cardiff Blues can win two out of two over the Christmas period. Fact or fiction? Judging by your wince there, that's oh, the one you didn't want me to throw. That is the one I didn't want. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with fiction. Okay. Yeah, difficult. Difficult game for um, for Cardiff Blues on Boxing Day, going down to the Dragons. Yeah, and the Dragons will win that. You sound pretty pretty convinced of that. Oh, you can, the, the, the Dragons will be so fired up, and they'll be a, a they would have had a good few beers on board. Mince pies will be flying around. Hopefully, not on the is this pitch. The fans or the players? This is this is the, this is the fans. Yeah, um, so it'll be a real cauldron down there, and I just fancy the fancy the Dragons to do a job on. On Cardiff Blues, uh, for me the game which I think Cardiff will uh, will win over the over the mm. festive period will be uh, will be against the Scarlets. That's a big call. Yeah, I fancy them more in that game. You you go going against me? Yeah, uh, I, I I can't see them beating the Scarlets. I think the Scarlets uh, it's at home. Yeah, I know it's at home, but I think they'll um, I think they'll go to I think they'll go to the Arms Park and win. I annoyingly I could see. I could see the Blues doing a number on the Dragons. Um, I really hope not, because I think there's a big... Um, we're going to talk about attendances a bit later on, um, particularly in relation to the Dragons, but I think you're right. There's a big opportunity to pack out Rodney Parade there, and it will be you know, it will be a pack out. So it's a really big opportunity to, to kind of lay down a marker and, set and show you know, what, um, what the side's capable of doing you know, under a few months under that. But Blues beat... Um, Beat the Dragons a couple of months ago at Cardiff Farms Park, and as much as Dragons started that game really well, I just think that the Blue, you know, as the game started to break up, the Blues kind of tore us tore us apart, and I, I have a horrible feeling that it might it might end up that way again. But um, I hope not, obviously. But at the same time, I could see them beat. I could see the Blues beating the Dragons, but not beating the Scarlet. So I would go for fiction as well. Okay, well, okay, that. simple as that. Yeah. Onwards. All right, which one are you going to go for for me then? For you, George North will sign for the Ospreys. Fact or fiction? <sighs> Big George North. So this relates in particular. Obviously, we know that George North is coming back um, at the end of his at the end of his Northampton contract. Uh, and judging by how they got on last week at the Ospreys, I'm sure that can't come soon enough for him. Obviously, he's injured at the moment. But uh, will he sign for the Ospreys? He's always injured. Well, I mean, what are the what are the actual the options? So we know he'll be joining on a, a Welsh Rugby Union contract. I, I can't see him going back to the Scarlets, to be honest. Um, I don't think that. I just I'm not sure that that's the right move for them or for him. Um, I could, you know their their backline looks great again. I think they've got plenty of options in the uh, in the on the wing. So you're saying they don't need him then? I, I'm saying they don't need him yeah. to be honest. Yeah. And um, fair point. You know, I, I suppose. You would never have imagined when he left, however many years ago that was, that, uh, that you'd be sat there going, oh, well, you know, the, uh, the Scarlets wouldn't need him back. But I actually don't think they do at the moment. You know, I think um, they're better concentrating on the, the talent that they've got there. Um, so I can see the Ospreys being a, being a legitimate option, I think. Um, I think they could use him. They could use that kind of experience and um, you know, the try-scoring threat that he brings. Um, I think really it's the Ospreys or the Dragons that he'll end up. And again, I don't think that it's the. You know, I know we've we discussed this a bit last week. I don't think it would be the best move for the Dragons either. As good a player as he is, and you know, as great as he will be for for marketing the region, they need they need type five forwards really. And I think they've got some cracking options in the in the back three 
mould. You know, you've got Amos and Hewitt and these kind of players. Um, you've got young, uh, young Jared Russell who's coming through. And I think there's some good options there. So again, I think they'd be better off um, be better off concentrating recruitment on the front five as we as we kind of covered last week. So I think the Ospreys is really... I'm going to go fact. Okay. After all that, Dan, it took me about 10 minutes to get to that, but fact <laughs> is what I'm going to go for. A team that hasn't been uh, linked to George North is Cardiff Blues. Yeah. What do you think about that? Um, Could you go to Cardiff Blues? Well, I suppose the advantage is it will be, you know, the the union will be picking up a fair amount of the of the tab. But again, at the same time, I feel like I feel like there's other areas that, that the Blues need. You know, how many times have we mentioned Van der Merwe on this podcast this season? You know, which is where they really needed a bit of reinforcement, I think, in the um, in the second row. And again, I just think that that's where they've got to be kind of they've got to be kind of concentrating. I tell you, who would be a player who'd be brilliant at the Cardiff Blues based on last week's performance, and he's an old boy. They'd love to have Bradley Davis back in that side. Bradley Davis and Seb Davis in the second well, row. I think it'd be a great his, combo. Yeah, his performance last. He was looked like the Brad of old. Fantastic. Didn't he? Mm. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it was. It was great to see. Um, I quite fancy. I'd like to see George North going to to the Blues. Go on, Cardiff Blues. Um, we won't see. I don't think we'll see an announcement on where George North goes until Cardiff Blues have a head coach. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but. It's yeah for me it would be between the Ospreys and Cardiff Blues. Um, Ospreys need wingers, don't they? Mm-hmm. Really do. Um, I just think it, it could be could be quite a shrewd move by Cardiff if they could uh, if they could skew his services. But um, I mean the one know, thing, I, the one thing I would say is whoever brings in George North, it is a it's a coup from a, like a marketing perspective because you're able to you know, you're able to splash him all over the the billboards and the all the marketing campaigns that will go out ahead of ahead of the new season, it's definitely a boost for for trying to drag in season ticket, and you know, new sales. season ticket holders and shirt. Well, yeah, shirt sales type stuff. You know, it it is a way of um, of making your region stand out if you if you're able to utilise players like that who've just got that higher profile. Are you happy with them coming back? Yeah, definitely. I think we need, you know, we need players um, for that very reason. I think that it's a great opportunity. If there's someone who, you know, because it doesn't matter about it. We watch every game of rugby that we get the opportunity to do, right? Whether that's whether that's live or uh, or on the telly, whatever. We get, you know, any chance we get to watch Welsh rugby, we will. They're, we aren't the people who are going to be able to to move the game forward in Wales and bring in a load of, um, you know, a load of money. You need the peripheral supporters and, more importantly, a young generation of people who grow up and might see George North playing you know, either playing for Lions or playing for Wales and go, oh yeah, that you know, that's I love that guy, he's big, he's powerful, he scores lots of tries. And if you know, if you're seeing him play for your region, that's much you're much more likely to, to go on to go and watch him. You know, there's it's just those kind of things. That if it drags in a ten year old kid down to Cardiff Blues or Ospreys or wherever because they want to go and watch George North play, then that is a positive thing. You know, because at the moment, it that scenario is is people going to watch him at Northampton. And to be perfectly honest, I couldn't give a toss about that. You know, my primary concern is getting people through the gates at, and and getting them to pick up rugby balls in um, in Wales. So, do you think he's he's then going to be he symbolises a change then in bringing back, you know, keeping a lot of the talent in Wales mm. and bringing back the the chaps that are. You know, playing over the bridge and in other areas at the moment. Yeah, I think it does symbolise that. Um, I mean, the one, the one thing obviously that we're not going to be able to avoid, particularly in the run into the World Cup, is at the moment it looks like Reese Webb won't be involved in that squad, and I think we're really going to feel that. You know, I think we are just player of that class missing something, out. Something's going to happen there, isn't it? What do you think? I just can't see him missing out. I can't see Gatland. I mean. I mean, Gatland, ultimately, I think it's, it's a bit harsh when people say, oh, he doesn't care about the long-term future of Welsh rugby, because I think he spent 10 years managing that side. I think he does care. But at the same time, if he's able to get an exception to get Reese Webb to play in his World Cup team, you know, his last hurrah as a, as a coach, he will do anything he can to get that, surely. Yeah. Yeah, you, I, I just, I've got a feeling that we're going to see Reese Webb there. Um... But playing for... But playing for Toulon, but also playing for Wales, or is it? Or is he going to be able to renege on his contract? I think he's going. 
Mm. I think he's going, but I just I just feel we'll see him we'll see him there. Um, I want that to happen. Mm. Yeah, I don't. Um, like, I just love watching him play. Just because he what was. Do we, we do we do we actually know what he signed? Was it a pre was it a pre agreement? No, I I, yeah, I mean you've heard various reports because it's so foggy still, isn't it? But yeah. anyway, we've gone over that so many times, haven't we? But I think we all hope that uh, sincerely hope that he's there. All right, so I'm I'm saying George North will sign for the Ospreys. Fact, you you think he's going to end up in Cardiff? I'm going to go with fiction. All right, and where is he going to end up? Cardiff Blues. All right, there we go. Okay, next up, my pick now is it? Yeah. Let us go for Scarlets will get out of Pool 5, fact or fiction. So off the off the back of another bonus point win um, away uh, in Treviso uh, yesterday. Uh, kind of means it's all very much alive in that in that pool. Um, so some tough it's fixtures coming up. It's going to be a finish, isn't it? Well, this is it, yeah. So let us have a look at the, um, let's have a look at the table itself. Um so say this is Pool Five in the in the Champions, the Champions Cup. I I can never. Yeah. That's quite, can we call it the Heineken? It's just you can call it anything. Though. Yeah, um, that's true. I'm under no obligation to not call it that. Right, Pool Five, the Champions Cup. Bath are on top with 13 points. Um, Toulon are well, I guess joint top really with um, uh, with 13 points. Then you have got the Scarlets on 12, and then obviously Trevisa, Benetton rather are out of it now with only three points. So Scarlets have. Um, Two very very tough fixtures uh, coming up. Um, which which way round are they? Let's. I can't remember which way round it is. Um, but anyway, they've got um, a home fixture to a home fixture to Toulon and an away trip to Bath. Are they going to get out of that group? Yes. Yeah, Simple Scott, as that. It's going to be very 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 difficult. Mm. Um, but you'd want the way in which it falls. You'd. You fancy your chances, I think, going to Bath. You know, it's just that it's not that far away. Mm-hmm. Um, support for support for the Scarlets will will be strong there. Yeah. Um, there's a good number of Welsh as well in in and around that Bath region, yeah. isn't there? So, um, and then if you if you're going to play too long, you want it you want it at home. Yeah. Um, so they can definitely do it, but it's going to be really tight, and they're going to have to be really on their metal, aren't they, in, in in every one of those games. I think it's winner takes all at the wreck. That's really where I see it happening. Yeah. I think I think it's either Bath or Scarlet's get out of this group. And I can see it, I can see it happening. You know, I can see it being one of those big Scarlet famous European away victories. You know, I could I can really can see them doing that. They're um you know I still don't think they've hit the the same heights as last year, but again, as we said this time last year, you know they were just starting to to grab a few results and they ended up winning the league. So I think they'll get better and better as the season goes on. Having James Davis back has that given you a bit more confidence? Oh yeah, it's a massive, it's a massive, massive boost for them. You know they've they've done a great job, as we said before, of unearthing a lot of talent. That's meant that when there are injuries and and international call ups, etc., that you've got another wave of talent, people like Boyd and McLeod who've come in and done great jobs. And I really rate McLeod. Yeah, I do. I, I, the pair of them, I think they're both terrific players. Um, but Davis does bring that X factor. He's so good over the ball. He's so powerful. His hands are great. Um, that I think that will, that will definitely help. Um, and I think that's, that's an area where they can, um, when they've got their fully fit side, they can cause so many problems at the breakdown because it's not just Davis. You've got Barkley and they're disrupting. You've then got um, you've then got Byrne doing it, which I think as good a stint as he's done in the in the back row, he's very much a second row. And if you've got a second row who turns over like a seven, sides are going to be are going to be scared of you. I don't care whether that's Bath, Toulon, Canterbury Crusaders, anyone will be scared of of a side with that that amount of genuine fetches in there so I think they've got I think they've got a massive chance and they have, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll fancy it won't they I think I think James Davis as well what he does around in the camp mm. can't be underestimated can it in terms of just because he isn't uh, straight laced then yeah it probably just makes everyone feel a little bit more at ease and then when you're going in when you're going on, on an away trip um, especially with the way the Scarlets play which is free flowing Albeit we don't want to see it always like that. Um, this is a massive boost having him there. 
All right, well, I can see you're, you're itching to get into chat about James Davis, which is another one of our things. Let's just finish on that. So we're both saying, we're both yeah. saying fact that Scarlett will get out of that pool. Fact, yep. Yep, go for it. Come All on, right, Scarlett. All right, then. So I'm guessing that this is the next one you're going to go for. May as well read that one out, Dan. It's your turn. James Davis will start for Wales during the Six Nations. Fact or fiction? Is that... That's not the first game, then. That's just... I'm just saying point. at some point during okay. there. And okay. yes, he will. It like it's just become what's the word unavoidable now. You just can't not pick him. Um, I think particularly with the injuries to Sam, um, you've got Toby going to miss the Six Nations as well. You've also got you know the likes of Ellis Jenkins, who's very much in the Sam Warburton mould. Gatlin likes he's about he's been you know barely played any rugby throughout the season. So nasty injury. Yeah, really nasty injury. And then you know you've had Ollie Griffiths having. A lot of injury trouble too. So he's, you know, he's I th- bound to start, isn't he? I think so. I mean, at some point during, yeah. during the campaign. And I think as terrific as as Navidi has, has come in and done, we said it before. I see him as a, as a six rather than a rather than an out and out seven. Um, Maybe Covey's going to be involved at eight as well, isn't he? What's that? Navidi's going to be involved at eight. Yeah, as well, he could. He? Yeah, he could well be. Well, I mean, that's it. You know, uh, again, Moriarty is, is, Yeah, Moriarty's had. A lot of injury problems of his own. You know, eight is a real, real concern. So Josh Davidi could quite comfortably be in that side at this moment, as yeah, as starting number eight. Um, Tipperick has been, you know, has been in and out with injury all season. So, but he's class, isn't he? So he'll... oh, he's amazing. You know, I, I absolutely love Tipperick, but I do think in one of those games, whether it be through injury, whether it be through an HIA, whether it be through some other means, or just the fact that. The Welsh electors have to take the plunge and pick this guy at some point because he's too bloody good not to. You know, we, we need to explore these options, and he's a real class act. He's a, I think he's an international class player. We haven't seen him play in international yet, but the way he goes about it in Europe and in big Pro 14 games, I don't, I don't really have any doubt about it. Um, it's a big step up, obviously, but he's got all the skills he's to do. Pro- it. He's proven, isn't he? Every Every level he's played at, he's been able to been able to cut it. As as you said, it's not just in the Pro 14 that he looks good. When he plays in the European in, European in games, he even looks better. Mm. So you know, if you put him in, if you put him in a back a back row, where everyone's got their set tasks as well, um, I think we'll see an even sort of further improvements. Really, if you were picking that side tomorrow, who would be in your back row? So let's say yeah for that for that opening fixture against Scotland. I'd have Navidi at six, mm-hmm. Moriarty at eight, and uh, against so against Scotland, yeah. yeah. Against Scotland, I'd go with uh, with James Davis at seven. Would you? What's yeah. the rationale between picking him over Tipperick there against Scotland? I just think we've got to. We need someone that's an absolute nuisance and a pest. Yeah. And whilst Tipperick can be a pest, he is. He's 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 better than in those in those other channels, which obviously James Davis can slot into as mm. well. Um, I just we just need someone over the board slowing it down, and he's the man to do that, isn't he? He gets the most turnovers. Um, he he seems to wind teams up as well. With that sort of cheeky grin, yeah, um, you can imagine him just frustrating them. I think if you frustrate Scotland, they can they can they can make errors. Well, and for me, that's why I think most sides in the world are going to struggle to frustrate Scotland. I think that it's going to be, I think in that game, it's going to be a fast flowing, free scoring kind of occasion because Equally. they they go for it. So he he offers that attacking yeah. threat as well. That, um, you know, I think it's a fast, loose, open game. You'll get his hands on the ball a lot. I'm going to make a change, yeah. Go on. Oh, go on then. I'm making a change, yeah. Um, Navidi is stepping out. Mm-hmm. I'm going with I'm going with tips. Two, so two sevens. Two, two sevens. Two sevens, yeah. Mm. Against Scotland. Yeah. I'm not sure about that. I'd have Shingler in there. I'd have Shingler. I'd have Shingler Davis and Moriarty, I think, would be mine. Yeah, I can't see, um, I can't see Shingler being... Uh, being dropped, um, he hasn't done anything to be dropped, really. Has he? Mm. But I, I, I just feel with the back row, we can, we, we need to. I would play around with it a bit more. Um, well, now's the time, isn't it? You've got so many injury concerns just, that you that people are going to have to get opportunities. So you know, Australia do it so well, don't they? With two seven, we, we, we can do it. 
Um, do you not need an out-and-out chopper in there, though? You know, someone who can do a Dan Lydiot, Shingler style, get through a bunch of tackling. You know, can Tipperick do that? Yeah, Tipperick can do it. His tackling stats are amazing. He doesn't miss tackling. Yeah, he's, he's, he's really strong, isn't he? Deceptively strong. When you actually focus on him for the whole game, he's holding people up. He's doing all sorts of different things. Mm. His arms are, are like... Uh, He's built like me, isn't he? But he's 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 equally as powerful as me. Um, no, but he's <laughs> please come on. <laughs> he's um, yeah. I I how how exciting would that be though to see those two? Yeah, it would. I, I think you need probably dreaming a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I would go. Um, I just think you're going to need you're going to need more bulk. I think we we struggle with ball carrying options during the autumn at times. Yeah, well, there's and, the line out to think about, and as there's well, the line out. But again, yeah, Tipper, Tipperick's a good line-out option. Yeah, he's not. But, I don't think he's the same. I don't think he's the same as Shingler, but he does offer a, you know, a lightweight bloke you can chuck chuck up at the back and and get some quick off the top ball. The great was Shingler. He he manages to stop when he's defenders and he stops mm. defenders right on the line and then drives back. He doesn't. Yeah. You never see him actually taking a tackle and falling backwards. He always holds and then either pushes him sideways yeah. or backwards, and then someone else comes in. So. When we're looking at slowing the teams down, he actually does slow them down in a, in a but just in a slightly different fashion. Yeah. So he he won't be he'll be there, won't he? Um, you've changed your you've changed your team about four or five times. I, I, there, yeah, don't you? well, it's different. Yeah, yeah. What I just yeah, my last ball be in the back row. I would mix it up. Right. I think for the Six Nations, we've got to keep it fresh, keep teams guessing, um, because you quite often know the way we're gonna how, how we're gonna play with the back row there. So that team would be different for you potentially if you're playing in England or uh, yeah, it would okay. be yeah definitely. All right. Well, I'm sure we'll have loads more chat on. Uh, We're both agreeing, though. On we? that, yeah, he will. He will yeah. start at some point during the Six Nations. Right. Last one. Uh, I, can't, I think this is me asking you now, isn't it? That's right. Dropping Newport from their name hasn't helped with the affinity problem at the Dragons. Fact or fiction? Fiction. Fiction. It's definitely helped. Um, so this is off the off the back of a, uh, a less than four thousand attendance. For you know, a, quite a crucial European game on Friday night against Newcastle, and obviously this has started to prompt a fair amount of question marks. A lot of chat on social media that you know where are the where are the supporters? You said they'd turn up if if Newport wasn't in the title. Yeah, four th- a crowd of four thousand isn't that bad. I I it's not a big game. Um, certainly, it doesn't doesn't really appeal to me. Mm-hmm. I've got to be honest. Um, not really interested in that game. So. I hang on a minute. I mean, you just saying that you know you're. This is you just told me you drove an hour to go and watch a game of amateur rugby the other day. Are you? Yeah, it's a huge game. Barnes versus yeah. Tumble as well. Come on. Um, you know, are you saying that? Are you saying that this isn't a big enough fixture? You know, I, you must be. You must be exaggerating a little there to say you wouldn't watch it if that if that game was on this afternoon. Oh no, I'd watch it. it. I'd watch it, but it doesn't. It doesn't massively appeal to me. Um, and I would have thought that's probably the same for a lot of. Uh, you know, a lot of Dragon supporters. Um, I don't think we can read into this this attendance here and, and think that, you know, um, the, you know, dropping you know dropping the name hasn't had any effect. I think it's it's a bit of an anomaly, um, and you know, we'll the the, cra- the crowds will will massively increase for when there's a game that actually grips people. Does it grip you at all? I mean, does it well, you know what? They, again, I'm you know I I am interested in that. Yeah, but interesting, and, but not. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, talking about attendances, and I live 150 miles away. Probably isn't the, you know, probably isn't the. Well, you uh, should have been there, really. Look, I'd love to be there, um, but you know, it's not the attend the attendance thing's really, really difficult because it's easy to look at it and go, oh, right, it's less than four thousand. I actually do think that you've you've stumbled across a, a really important point in there, and that's the continued devaluation of the. European Challenge Cup and you're right it isn't a big game in that regard because you just don't hear anything about the Challenge Cup anymore you know it doesn't get any it doesn't there's get no, any coverage no airtime. there's no airtime. there's no bloody there's no chat there's nothing, there's, there's nothing right you, you don't get the games on TV it doesn't get any coverage on there because BT will only just sling on they'll sling on an England side when there's an opportunity to do that um, it just and you, you know you don't even get rewarded by winning the thing of getting a place in the Heineken Cup. So the organizers, the organizers don't value it. Yeah, people above that don't value yeah. it. Why are the fans going to value it? Yeah, I agree. So Four thousand actually is all right. It's all right. I, I think, especially considering the time of year um, and going right. Okay, we're going right into Christmas, middle of you know middle of December now. 
Um, people are we people will be looking at that with the Cardiff Blues game coming up as well. You know that will be a that will be a pack out exactly. crowd down there. So yeah, I, I, look, I don't think I don't think you can read into it and go right that the affinity problem hasn't. You know, I don't think you can look at it and say it's that that's not helped taking Newport out of the title. Um, it's been really difficult. I think particularly, obviously, we covered this earlier on in the year with the way it was handled with Newport RFC, which, again, is, has been a really kind of um, thorny subject. And, you know, that has been far from ideal. But the reality is, is I do think things are moving in the right direction. Um, it's, I think it's a disappointing crowd, but I think that comes down as much as anything to the um, the fact that the Challenge Cup isn't what it once was. And I think things will move on. And next season, it really is the time to... Um, the time to judge it because I think by then you know you'll have had the opportunity for, for Jackman to, to pull in the players that he wants and you know doing a hell of a lot of work on recruitment at the moment I think you'll have a, you'll have had a time to see the um, you know, sides moving in the right direction definitely and I think come next season you'll actually get to a position where things have moved on I mean like you know where, where were we this time last year the pitch was unplayable um, you know the playing squad is a, you know, it's essentially the same set of players really that we've got now. There wasn't a huge amount of recruitment went on in the summer. But there's been some good, good recruitment now. There's been some good recruitment for next season. So I do think you know that that will be the time to judge it based on affinity. And if we start winning games, people start turning up. That you know that's a that's a cruel fact that I, I do think that will happen. But the crowds have been much improved, haven't they? Mm, they're all right. You know, it's I, I don't I don't think I don't think that that is the be all and end all, and it doesn't get solved in the space of in the space of however long it's, you know, that we're into the season now, four months. I think it will be no, a longer running take, thing than that. Yeah, it's just going to take some time, yeah. isn't it? And, and like I say, the most important stuff, the really important stuff that is going on around the region is... Grassroots. Is grassroots. Yeah. And and taking the Dragons, you know, I hate to use the word, but the Dragons brand out to to kids. And, and they, you know, the one thing they've done that's really positive is the accessibility. You know, you see... Um, I saw, in fact, uh, Leon Brown this week making a mm. um, making a donation to his school, to St. Joe's, because, you know, and again, that's how, how amazing would that be if you're a kid there watching Leon Brown, who's only, you know, he's only 19 years old now, and it has gone from not having not played a, a pro game of rugby to being a Wales international. You're going to look up at that guy and go, that's cool, that could be me. And it's all of those things that are going on that, that will help in the long run. So the fact that, you know that a couple of you know that you'd probably want another thousand thousand and a half on top of that for a game in a competition that's been treated like shit by the uh, by the organisers. Well, yeah. you know, I don't think I don't think you can say that that's the be all and end all for it. It's it's hugely impressive with the Dragons that they're looking long term, aren't they? Because going out and on, on sort of outreach programs and and you know that shows that they're actually looking beyond you know uh, beyond the next game. Mm. They're looking in in years ahead, aren't they? Well, and I hope I hope so. You know, obviously, and I, and I do hope it works. But it will um, be, wouldn't it? Because it's harder to do those things. They're going yeah. to be investing money in, in, you know, in taking in taking the dragons to other areas, putting the players out there as well. And in the long run, that will bring in a lot more fans. I think it, I think it will, and, and I hope it does in the long run because that that's the stuff that has got to happen now, and that's the difference, right, in what they're in what they're doing versus what European rugby are doing. For me, it's a certainty. Absolute certainty that that um, the dragons will have you know will have strong strong crowds and and there'll be a real force. I really feel that. All right, well look, we're going to have a look in a minute at some of the um, at some some more um, of the recruitments that uh, sorry some more of the new recruits that'll be coming in at Rodney Parade. So we'll have a look at that in any other business. Uh, we'll also be looking ahead to the derbies during uh, during that section of the show. But next up, it is, and we've touched we've touched on a bit of this already. But um, sin bin, something that you want to chuck into the sin bin that's been getting on your nerves this week. Anything that's uh, anything that's bothering you, Dan? Because as you can probably tell by that, the coverage of the Challenge Cup once again is something that I would like to chuck in there because there. It actually, do you know, what, it feels like someone has chucked the coverage of the Challenge Cup into the bin. Yeah, that whole yeah, ramp. I'm right behind on. you on that's that. What, one. That's what that's what I put in there. Well and truly, on the heap, it's in there. Um, you can't watch a game if you want to, can you? It's like it's so so frustrating, and um, the governing body have just got to be—they've got to start operating in the twenty-first century. You know, we live in a, an age where 
if you you know if you want to get a pizza delivered to your door you can do it in two in two taps on your phone if you want to get a cab halfway across the city you can do it by pressing you know by pressing it on your mobile phone that's the that's what people expect now particularly you know the generation of people who are kind of 16 to 24 they're the people who we need to get in to go and watch games and if you're present you know if you're making your own product as invisible as the challenge cup is um, and to a certain extent some good marketing there first though What's from, that? Uh, from this, making it and making it, well, making it, it absolutely invisible. Like, it's, it's just mad. It is just mad. Like you know, they they've got to be better than that. They have to have it in front of people. People are spending so much time on their phones. You have to have your competition out there. And there's you know that that game on Friday night had it all really. You know, tries are plenty. It's going right down to the last minute. You had crap refereeing decisions. It had everything in it, but there's no coverage there's no there's no way of really seeing it there's not even any highlights on their website not even a two minute cursory thing on there um so look that's what i'm chucking in would that have assisted with the uh the 4000 do you think if uh, if it had um, been available would that have been down to no, know, three I, and don't, half, three? I don't think so they still uh, would have been there yeah. yeah yeah uh yeah they would have it's um look i don't think that it's not that's not why they're not showing it is no it, it isn't and Let's to me honest. it's more about the um, the coverage you have around the week and after the event, the hype that you create. You know, if if all across social media there was loads of chat and loads of video of some of the great stuff that's been going on in that competition, then maybe there would be more of um, more of an interest around it. So, look, that's what I'm chucking in. Boom, happy, off my chest. Happy, happy with that. All right. Um, and the other thing, we did put this out on, um, on our Facebook group, admittedly quite late today. Um, so if you want to get involved and let us know what you'd chuck in the sin bin... Um, uh, we'll be doing that every week on there, but yeah, generally low attendances is something that's been mentioned. Um, Craig Walters made a made a comment on there, talking in particular reference to the to the Dragons um, game, uh, which you know obviously I think we've we've covered now. And then also um, a, a quite interesting point from from Matt Armstrong who replied to that and said actually, realistically, you know the the Dragons is less of a concern um, when you compare it to the Scarlets who are playing some of the you know. Well, they're playing the best rugby out of any of the regions, playing some of the best rugby in their history, really. Um, yet, you know, sometimes the, the attendances aren't, aren't where... You, they're certainly not where, where they'd like them to be. Is that, yeah, is that a bigger concern? Yeah, it is a concern, but you, you, if you look at um, the population of mm. the athletes, it's not, it's not very large. So, really, what do, you, what do you expect, really? And then you've got the Ospreys, you know, a couple of miles down the road. So... Um, there's quite a lot of competition yeah. in a, you know, in a. There's not that many heads there, is there? So, mm. yeah, we're, we're you know that's 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 a totally another, that's another topic, isn't it? Where that could be opened up there. Well, yeah, um, it is. Um, you know, I suppose if you were to if you were to look back to um, to years gone by um, and how that attendance kind of stacks up, um, you know, I, I do think that. I do think that is a that is a concern when you've got a stadium that big. It's you know you never see it packed out, um, or very rarely. I, you know, I, I'm sure you will over the over the derby period. But again, I think that's kind of endemic of the of where we're at is that we have actually in the Pro 14 a pretty um, what's the word you know a competition that struggled to find its identity. It struggled to you know it doesn't have the same shine and gloss that its equivalents in in England and and France has, um, but when it comes to the when it comes to the derbies and the crunch games, they are still the games of rugby that people want to see. Um, people will come out, won't they, for the games that matter? And we've said it so many times that it's it's difficult to get to feel any connection to so many of the games. Mm. So why are you going to part with your money? You will get some, you know, you'll get a number of supporters that will that will just back the team, won't they? Because they love, you know, they love what it stands for still. But a lot of, a lot of supporters, I think, just say, I'm just, I'm just tapping out. Yeah. The, the games, are, there's no emotion. I think if you get emotion behind something, then you can you can build on that and fire it up. But it's hard to get behind a load of the games, isn't it? The yeah, the crucial thing for me though is is again how you get the next generation of of kids excited about rugby. That's a big big threat in. Um, well, that's where Wales. you know the likes of George North, likes of all the players coming coming back when it if you know Falatau comes back, mm. um, you know Priest get all the Welsh players back in. That will that will help 
But outside of that, then there's going to be there's going to have to be some some very very clever uh, you know marketing campaigns and and you know they're going to have to have some strong business development, aren't they? Going yeah. out there and looking at it from from the, the people that are being born born now. Yeah, it's got exactly. to go right back exactly. to that, hasn't it? It has every you know, and and that's something that's got to be. You know, it's got to be factored in. I think the community work that, that the regions do is so, so important. Um, schools, are going, schools, schools are key, aren't they? Everything at grassroots has to be has to be set up like that because we Local need to clubs. get we need to get people playing rugby. Um, you know, in order for not just the professional game, but just for for what it does um, and the important role that rugby can play in um, in Welsh society. It just needs to, you know, it's, it's uh, that's it is a concern, and I, I just really hope at some point we're able to banish the the low attendance chat because you've got four successful regions who people want to go and see every week just because they're playing so well. That's why, you know, oh, I, I yeah, don't know, maybe it's sat here being naive, but that's... Well, it's just, it's, it'd be great to see, wouldn't it? And mm. I think that's what, that's what everyone should be pushing towards and want. You know, no, no fan should be sort of, you know, smiling at the fact that there's only, you know, 4,000 yeah. down of the Dragons. It should be, you know, the, yeah. how can we improve that? Yeah. Um, and that's as a collective... It. I don't take any joy in, you know, I don't take any joy in looking at Cardiff Blues and going, oh, well, you know, they're, they're our rivals, but, you know, I'll, you know I, get, I take no enjoyment out of them having a, having a crap attendance. It, it, that, doesn't, that doesn't help anyone, you know. Yeah. It, low attendances in Wales should be a concern for everyone and for every region. Um, and I think, you know, I think it has to be. So, um, yeah, again, it's something that, yeah, we'd love to, to banish the sim bin at some point, uh, at some point really soon. Like we say, though, looking ahead to the derbies, they are that, that time in the year when you can expect packed houses and, uh, and really good atmospheres. So that's how we're going to start the final part of the show, any other business. Um, so let's have a look at that um, right now. Boxing Day. Um, God, again, two crackers. As we've already said, Dragons versus Blues and then Scarlets versus the Ospreys. Um, it really does just make. I, I love that those Boxing Day ties. Like instantly, it's kind of like I'm almost ready to get through Christmas just to get my teeth stuck them, into them. Yeah. 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 Who are you going with? Um, like I say, I, I can see the Blues winning. Um, I can see the Blues winning that one. Unfortunately, um, I'll go with Dragons. You're going Dragons, and then uh, I think the Scarlets will have too much for the Ospreys. Do you? Mm. I yeah. Know. Again, I think home advantage. Um, Ospreys win. Okay. You think they're really turn, starting to turn the corner here? Well, we'll see how, uh, we'll see, yeah. see how later on goes. I don't know, we? Yeah. Um, As people are listening to this, they'll have the, the advantage of hindsight that we don't have. Yeah. If Bradley Davis can keep going like he did last mm. week, there'll be a force. Um, I I do fan they've got, they've got too many players to, to drop off. I fancy them, yeah. Fancy them having a little, little burst here now. Mm. Um, so I'm going to go with an Ospreys win. All right, and then on to uh, the New Year's Eve fixtures. So... Blues at home to the Scarlets, um, and then Dragons at home to the Ospreys. I'm going with a Blues win. Mm-hmm. You're going against me on that, I am, you, yeah. And I'm going to go for an Ospreys win again. All right, so two out of two for the Ospreys. So we, we're not on the same... We haven't backed the same year. We no, I, do you know what? I fancy the Dragons. Little wager? Be, I fancy the Dragons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, always up for a wager. Asking the wrong man now. Uh, yeah. Any uh, any excuse? Yeah, I fancy Dragons to beat the Ospreys, and I fancy Scarlets to beat the Blues. So I reckon, um, yeah, I reckon Scarlets will do two from two, and then I think the Ospreys will pick up one win. Um, I think the Blues will pick up one win, and I don't think the Ospreys will win any. That's what I reckon. Difficult, and not too long to not too long to wait now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, when you think just almost every game was a. Uh... It was a derby, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, well, that's it. Isn't can't it? think. Can't go back. Can't well, go back. No, that's that's the situation we're in. We can't, can we? You know, God, would I love to see? Mm. Would I love to see a situation where every game's a derby? You know, that's, every game's a Welsh derby. Of course. That point as well is probably what does contribute to the low crowds as well, doesn't it? Because you think of what it was. Yeah. And you have to. I. I'm. I always want to go on to that, mm. but I have to stop myself from going on to it. So I wonder if like a a working group between fans, region, you know, at the, at the various different regions. With just how how can um, you know how can the teams improve the uh, the attendances? Mm. Whether there there's bound to be some really good ideas out there, and I wonder whether that, whether any there's anything like that out there at the moment. I'm sure there is, and I, you know I know obviously the regions work closely with the 
the supporters clubs, um, the official supporters clubs, each of the each of the sides. But yeah, I think you're right. But an actual sure really sort of interactive group that that uh, you know sharing ideas and coming up with different things. And crucially, as well, you know those people who are your mates who don't go anymore, and why they don't go, and what you can do to to get them down there and to get get them. Um, you know, ideally taking taking the kids down there and, and packing yeah, out. It's the people that brands. aren't going. That's those that we yeah. want to analyse, and they find out how what would make you then go. And crucially, you know, you've started to say it now because in our minds it's still pretty fresh, right? Because you remember, you remember Ponty versus Cardiff, and you remember, you know, you remember Swansea versus you know Swansea versus Llanelli, and these games as as being huge and and massive great derbies. But actually, the reality is is that now you you know you will have people. Um, who just don't remember that rugby? You know that that's the thing. Is you're right. We can't turn back. the The situation is where it is now, and I think you just have to just look ahead go and forward. go right. How do we get people excited about the teams as we have them now? And you know the reality is it's not about you and me. It's about the next generation of um, the next generation of kids and and making sure that they, you know, that they want to play rugby and they want to go and watch these teams. Yeah, well, the WIU is obviously stancing its players, isn't it? You bring the best players in, people will come and watch. We'll go and watch. Mm. There's a little bit more to it than that still, though, isn't there? But yeah, I it think will there certainly is. help. I so, think there is, and I, I think the, you know, look, the, the affinity thing is is a word that gets knocked around, and yeah, it's it's been hard. I think particularly if you look at the Dragons, because it's had such a an up and down history, and largely, let's be honest, most of that time has been down. You know, the side hasn't had a huge amount of um, success on the pitch to cheer about. But if they're able to change it, and with a, a bunch of um, young lads from uh, from around the Gwent region, then I think that, that does change things. And if you are a kid watching rugby, um, watching rugby in Edward Vale, in Newport, in anywhere within Gwent, and you look at it and go, yeah, do you know what, actually, that's what I want to do. That's the really, really important thing. Um, so I think you're right. It's a mixture of uh, not just bringing in the biggest names, but also that... Um, that thing of looking up and going, yeah, I could be, I could be the next Leon Brown or Elliot D or Hallam Amos or, and again, all the other regions, you know, that's that's the local, that's the important local thing. talent feeding I, I, through I, 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 that actually have a an affinity then to yeah. that region. You know, I think how can you not, um, how can you not respect that? You know, I don't want it to be like the Premier League in football where you look at the squad and you just go, well, it's just eleven side, eleven players that have been assembled from, you know, they've got all the money in the world to bring people in. Now we're never going to have that scenario in Wales so we can't so actually let's use what is potentially a weakness of not having the same level of money versus other people to to really um, look to progress young talent and again we said this before but look at the Scarlets look at the way they recruit so cleverly and unearth players who are um, who are young talent from within that from within that region and bring in some very shrewd overseas signings who aren't the biggest names in the world it's not Dan Carter turning up um, but you look at it and, and see the you know the likes of Asquith and McNichol and um, and Parks and these players and the difference they've made. They they do a terrific Just job doing out it. the best in all yeah. the Yeah, it's a couple of really good points there. Right, a few other uh, few other bits and pieces to finish on then. Uh, so Danny Wilson has confirmed this week that he will hook up with um, with Di Young at, at Wasps and he will take the the forwards coach role there. Uh, in the meantime, though, the Blues head coach role remains vacant. We mentioned Jordan Murphy last week. That story's not really kicked on and you've mentioned this already it kind of needs to get to a, a resolution soon because they're going to need to do recruitment it's got, to yeah. quickly. it's got to happen quickly isn't it yeah because you can't uh, it's very very difficult to plan isn't it um, so yeah it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big big few weeks now ahead and Cardiff have got to get got to get someone got to get someone locked in if they haven't already yeah it's yeah, yeah, excellent yeah, um, while we're on the recruitment um, process, though, there was some better news for uh, for Blues fans. Ollie Robinson will be joining the side uh, next season. So obviously, off, fresh off his um, off his loan move, that will become permanent next year. We said last week, I think, what well, you know, what a what a kind of good good signing that's been. They're the kind of players that all the regions need to need to be bringing in. You know, I can't imagine that Ollie Robinson broke the you know broke the um, broke the bank in terms of. In terms of his kind of his wage, you know, I might I, don't know, I might be selling him completely short here, but I think it's the kind of player you know you can bring in and it adds so much value to to your squad the way that he plays and goes about goes about his, his game, you know. And by the look of it, the the kind of character he is, I think he's been a massive yeah, impact. So that's a great sign. He's a firm favourite with the fans, wasn't he? And uh, obviously, Cardiff Blues know that 
you know, with uh, Navidi, Ellis Jenkins, mm. Warburton, you know, all, you know, when the boys aren't injured, they're going to be involved in the Wales squads, and they so someone like him will be will be there week in week out. It's much needed. We will. A um, couple more uh, signings at the Dragons. So Roger Davis has signed there. So another scrum half signing. Um, that probably leads you to believe that some of the current crop will be will be heading out. Obviously with with Roger Davis and with Roger Williams both signing for next season. Uh, so you know you look at that as well with um, with uh, young Babos at. Um, at scrum half, I, I can't imagine they're going to be getting rid of him anytime soon. He looks like a really interesting talent. Mm, good um, boy, yeah. So you'd you'd imagine that either one or both of Sarah Pretorius and um, and Tavis Noyle will go. I would guess it's going to be Noyle. Yeah, he's just he's just set up a gym, isn't he? Mm. I know he's posted something online about that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, wish him well with that. But yeah, he's, he'll be out, won't he? I'm, yeah, I, I think you'd, you'd probably imagine so. Um, Charlie there's really. Yeah, yeah. Again, Charlie. Yeah, Charlie there's Davis. I don't know what. Um, yeah, there is a lot of nines. I don't know what. Don't know what happened with him either. Um, and then potentially uh, a couple more signings. So the Bevington one that's been lingering for a while, um, and Nicky Thomas. Um, according to the rugby paper, both set to both set to sign. So we'll see whether that it's a happens. Good sign, Nicky Thomas. Mm. That, that's quite a clever move. Yeah. Um, Strong as an ox. Exactly the kind of exactly the kind of player I think we're going to need. Um, the players who are doing that. But I tell you what, as well, someone like um, someone like Lloyd Fairbrother's really kicked on this year. Yes, you know, he? yeah, he's looked um, you know, he's looked like a different a good player. So. <laughs> Great lid. Um, so yeah, I think as you I, say an out and out props haircut. An out and out props. You can't, can you can't call it a haircut? Can you? Mm. Hair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's an absolute lump. Yeah, but he's you know I think. The scrum's going really cool. It's well, going isn't much, it? much better. And, um, you knew and, Jack, and that's what? what he wants. Yeah, and, and losing Brock Harris for a that's, number of months is a massive blow because I think he's done a, a loss. He's done it? a brilliant stint, um, particularly at Loosehead this year. So that's. Um, yeah, he's gone really well, hasn't he? Yeah. I don't think anyone would have thought he'd go as well as that. Yeah. Um, he has. And do you know what? That pretty much brings us. Brings us to a close there, Dan. Um, just in time for the Ospreys game now. Just in time. That's it, yeah. Just a couple of minutes to go ahead of the Ospreys. But both those games are on telly today. So we'll be watching the Ospreys or watching the, watching the Cardiff Blues. I'll be watching the Ospreys. Watching, yeah, I think I'm going to watch the Ospreys as well. Uh, given the uh, yeah, given the state of uh, what the, the way the, the Challenge Cup is, you know, I, I think there's only, really, there's only really a choice to watch the, the Heineken there. Who's going to win? Uh, Ospreys will win that. Yeah? Yeah, they need to win it and they need yeah. to win it with a bonus point. You're quick with that one. Yeah, I know. I'm going to look really foolish because whenever anyone's listening <laughs> nah, to this, they might run. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, and yeah, so thanks very much for listening this year. God, where's that Where's that year gone? Really appreciate um, all the support. Our listening numbers, uh, we've had some fantastic growth in the last couple of months. So really, really appreciate you um, You know, taking the time every week to uh, to listen to us ramble on about, about rugby. But yeah, get involved. If you enjoy it, leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, massively appreciate that. And uh, yeah, if you want to let us know what you think on Twitter at Attacking Scrum or by uh, searching for us on Facebook, uh, my, yeah. my face, uh, what on earth am I talking about? If you want to find us on Hot Facebook, on, <laughs> shut up, Dan. Uh, yeah, if you want to find us on Facebook, uh, do that. You can like our page and also uh, find our group as well um, just by searching for, uh, for Welsh rugby fans. And uh, yeah, that's the that's the group that between us, me and Dan, um, me and Dan are the admins on. So yeah, if you if you want to get involved in more chat, join us on there. Um, and yeah, just finally again, big thanks to our sponsors, SoCoffeeTrades.co.uk. So make sure you check that out. Get your hands on some quality coffee. And uh, yeah, we'll be back very very soon. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.